You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Welcome again to the D-Backs podcast. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com D-Backs reporter, Steve Gilbert. And, Steve, we're going to talk about the Hall of Fame. The ballot is out. The announcement comes out uh, next week. The ballot's been out for a long time. Kurt Schilling continues to uh, make some gains, so we'll talk about that a little bit. Top 10 first base prospects in all of baseball are out. The D-Backs Haven Smith checking in. We'll talk about that. And then uh, I want to start with some news and not great news for the D-backs. Yasmani Tomas obviously trying to come back from injury um, and caught going a little too fast on the highways around Phoenix. 105 allegedly. He was arrested on the northbound loop of 101 in Phoenix. Uh, pulled over at 9.26 a.m. He was not impaired in any way according to the reports but obviously not a good look for a player at any point to be caught speeding like that, um, what's the latest on the story? Yeah, that that you know you pretty well summed it up right there. It's uh, just unfortunate the Diamondbacks uh, issued a statement saying they were disappointed to to learn about the arrest and uh, would would not have a comment until uh, you know goes through the legal uh, procedure that it's going to go through now. But I, I think, as you pointed out, it's it's never a good thing to be speeding at that speed. Uh, but you know, um, he wasn't impaired. It, uh, it, it was a, a simple case probably of just some bad judgment on his part. Um, and, uh, it, so it'd be interesting to see how it works its way through. Uh, again, I think it would have been a far different situation had, had he been impaired. So, um, uh, hopefully for his sake, it's something that he can, uh, that he can set, get settled and, and get back on the, the baseball field and, and be healthy because he struggled you know, last year trying to stay healthy with all the uh, core injuries that he suffered. How about that? What is the track right now? Is the the understanding that comes spring training he's going to be ready to kind of hit the ground running? That was uh, the latest I had heard from from uh, GM Mike Hazen as of a week or so ago. Is that you know he was uh, progressing very well and uh, was expected to be ready when camp opened. I saw him. Uh, I was out at Salt River Fields a bunch uh, last week for the team's uh, fantasy camp, and I saw him out there playing catch. Uh, looked like he had uh, he was in pretty good shape. So I, I think that the, the, everything seems to be on track for him to be ready for uh, for the beginning of spring training. Of course, the question then will be where does he fit into this team that did so well without him a year ago? But is there a spot for him, or does he have to kind of win his way back? Well, I think he's going to have to, 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 to win his way back a little bit, but I also think that uh, assuming, as we all do, that, that J.D. Martinez is going to sign somewhere else um, eventually here, he, they're going to be counting on him to help make up uh, some of that offense that they lost in, in J.D. You know, He's somebody that two years ago when he was healthy um, did put up some good offensive numbers, and, and they know that, uh, that it's in there. Um, it's just a matter of getting it out of him and keeping him healthy. And um, so, uh, on the one hand, yes, he will have to, you know, earn his playing time. Uh, I think, on the other hand, that they're certainly really hoping that that he can do that because uh, he would be a big part of that offense. Less than a month to go until spring training. Hard to believe that. But Tori Lavello was at Salt River Field, or he's checking in, I guess, and will be there here with a month, less than a month to go. And sounds like he's excited and getting around and, and talking to a whole bunch of players while he's around, as a lot of players, especially for the D-backs, because it's Arizona and they, and they can live there all the time, um, are training out at the complex already. 
Yeah, you know, Tori was out there again. I was, I was there last week and, and uh, saw him on his first day uh, back. He was on an African uh, photo safari. Um, you know, he wanted to make it clear he was not uh, on a safari where you shoot anything. Uh, he was simply observing uh, some of these uh, amazing animals. Uh, but he came back and he was a, a little uh, jet lag. But the first thing he wanted to do was, was come into Salt River and, and see some of the guys that were working out. You know, Paul Goldschmidt was there, Patrick Corbin, A.J. Pollock, Archie Bradley, Jake Lamb. I mean, there's, there's a, a, I can keep listing guys that, that were seen, have been seen at Salt River Fields. And that's where Tory's strength really is, is in building relationships and, and being around the guys. That's what he loves more than anything. You see him at batting practice. He takes care of his media obligations and and whatnot, and then immediately goes uh, out to the outfield to be with his players and and talk with them. He loves that. So, you know, he joined them in the weight room. He joined them in the cages, um, just trying to catch up and reconnect with with each of them and kind of get a feel for what they had done during the offseason and how they were doing, how their families were doing. I think that's uh, one of the things that players really love about him. I mentioned the top 10 first base prospects as MLB Pipeline unveils their top 10 prospects at every position. Uh, They started the week with right-handed pitchers, then lefties, then they moved to catchers, and then first base was today, Friday, as we record this podcast. They'll also move around the diamond and into the outfield before the top 100 list is unveiled on January 27th. But on the first base list, the D-backs checked in Paven Smith, Number three on the list, which is pretty impressive for a guy who was drafted uh, just last year out of the University of Virginia. Of course, he was the number seven overall pick. Beyond just being number three on their list, he was also uh, picked as the tied for the highest hit tool at 60 and given the highest floor, which I think is an important thing, an important distinction for prospects because a lot of prospects, let's face it, end up being busts. But if you're a guy that people consider to have that high floor, there's a much better chance that you're going to make it to some degree to, I think, to the big league level. Yeah, that's a great point. And they're, they're really excited about Peyton Smith. They, what they saw in just that half season uh, kind of reaffirmed what they thought they were getting when they drafted him. Uh, a guy that has a great command, great feel for the strike zone, uh, 27 walks, 24 strikeouts. That's, that's some pretty impressive uh, play discipline for a, for a guy just coming out of college in his first year of pro ball. Um, so they really liked that. They, they thought that uh, the, the, the ball came off his bat uh, with his exit velocity was very good. Um, and even around the, the first base, you know, he has good, really good footwork, soft hands, uh, and, a, and a good arm, which is something that sometimes gets overlooked when it comes to, uh, to first baseman, but can be important not just in, you know, turning the double play there, but on relay throws and, and all kinds of things. So um, they're excited, 21 years old. Um, uh, they like what they've got in him, uh, and they feel like he's a guy that's going to rise pretty quickly through the through the system as a as a polished hitter, which is kind of what they were expecting when they when they selected him out of Virginia last year. Yeah, I was going to say the college players obviously move a lot quicker than the high school players get to the big leagues a lot quicker, and he is a first baseman. Obviously, you have Paul Goldschmidt there, but Goldschmidt's contract will run out eventually. Is the thought process Paven Smith if? If they can't extend or, or bring Goldschmidt back at some point, do they think Paven Smith can be a guy that fills that hole? Well, certainly they, they believe he's, he's going to be a big league player and, and uh, a big league first baseman. So I guess that, that, that he could end up being the guy that, that replaces Goldschmidt if, if, uh, if they don't sign him to an extension. Or 
um, coming up here, but I think that's one of the things that they've kind of steered away from trying to say because that would put, uh, obviously, a lot of pressure on a, on a young kid. So um, I think they're going to take it step-by-step step with him, but they, they are impressed with what they've seen so far and do think that he's a guy that, that's going to move pretty quickly through the system. All right, one last topic to get to with you. The Hall of Fame announcement is coming uh, next Wednesday, the 24th of January. Uh, Kurt Schilling continues to be on the list. Obviously a great run with the D-backs. Schilling uh, played for numerous teams, but winning that World Series title with the D-backs, one of the high points in his career before he went to Boston, won one more with the Red Sox. But Schilling, sixth year on the ballot out of ten. Uh, currently at 65.6%. I think last time I checked the... Um, ballots that have already been unveiled and tabulated on the internet. About half of those have come in so far. Um, so he continues to make up ground. That number will come down a little more than likely between now and Wednesday when all of the ballots are unveiled. Last year, though, he finished at 45%. So to be at 65 right now, it seems like he's heading in the right direction, Steve. Yeah, you know, he's one of those cases, at least for me, when you look at it, is kind of a borderline case. And, um, you know, it's it could go either way on him. I don't have a vote, uh, just to just to get that out of the way here. Um, but I, it, it's going to be fascinating to kind of see what happens, you know, with him this year. Does he go back up? I know last year there was some controversy about some of his statements, and, and maybe that had hurt him in the balloting and, and whatnot. So as you pointed out, so far the ballots that have been revealed um, has him making a really big jump and uh, that'll be fascinating to see if, if even a little bit of that uh, translates and, and what that might mean going forward as some of these, you know, we've got a couple of stacked ballots uh, coming up, but after that uh, it, it kind of quiets down for the last few years of his eligibility, and if he continues to gain, that would certainly uh, be a good sign for him. I had this conversation uh, when talking to uh, some of our other writers about Mike Mussina, um, comparing Messina's numbers to Jack Morris. And I think Kurt Schilling can, not that the numbers are, are as similar, but still the same discussion. When you see Jack Morris and the numbers he posted throughout his career, and obviously he had the big moments in the postseason like Kurt Schilling did, you see Jack Morris now a Hall of Famer. I feel like when you look at his career and then look at Schilling and Messina as well, suddenly it almost seems like those guys have to be Hall of Famers if Jack Morris is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, you know, you know, with Jack, it took it took until the uh, till the veterans committee or whatever they they call that now the the era the, the era committee to get him in. So you wonder if that's going to be the case. Will a guy like Schilling or especially Mike Mussina, will they be people that are uh, more appreciated as time goes on and and maybe after their ten years on the ballot um, passes? Will they end up getting uh, getting in that way as opposed to with the writers this time around? Musina so far on a little bit better of a track than Schilling, but Schilling actually not too far behind him. So it'll be interesting to see. I feel like that group of guys, they're, they're similar in, in their accomplishments, how they did it, and, and we will find out if they all end up being Hall of Famers sooner or later. This has been MLB.com Extras, our D-backs edition. For Steve Gilbert, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.